Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is Khmani Abraham. We are we are here live from uh, Parenting is Easy podcast. And today I have a special guest. I have Telma Sanchez, who is a life coach. And she is a, sorry, she's a bilingual uh, life coach that ma- mainly, mainly works with busy parenting uh, situations, maximi- helping them, helping parents maximize their time so that they can feel more productive and energized. Versus being exhausted and stuck. Her mission is to help parents unleash their full potential so that they can feel empowered to live their best life. See, she specializes in time management, self-reflection, and accountability. She is huge on having fun and community building. So much of what she does includes both of these traits. So without further ado, thank you so much, Telma, for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you so for such a kind intro. <laughs> it's so weird to hear it said to me. <laughs> well, I think, you know, based on, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to know more more about who you are today, but, uh, you know, just to hearing what you do and how, and how you deal with stuff, can you just start with how you got into this field and, and, and what, what your personal life experiences have got you to where you are today in your profession and even your personal life as well? Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I think that it all started a long time ago when I moved to the States and I didn't know the language. I had to learn it and I felt, found myself in a whole different world. I, I felt like I was moving, living in a movie with no captions because I, I, it was beautiful. It was green. We moved to Boston and it's a beautiful city, but I had no idea of what was being said. And that was one of the first times that I was just like, okay, I have to figure this out. I have to find a new normal. Um, in, in the need of trying to fit in into this new world, I tried so hard and failed uh, to lose my accent. So <laughs> I took so many classes to try to work on phonetics and how to pronounce things and linguistics, all the things. Obviously, that didn't go so well. And I, I, I now I can just live with my accent and I feel like I, f- I fit right in. But that definitely set me on a path of self-development classes. Uh, in which I just kind of wanted to understand how how to how to live and love myself the way that I am and what I, what I'm being presented with. So that was like the first challenge, right? And then I found a new normal. It was fine. Life was great. And then I had kids, <laughs> and so. <laughs> It was a beautiful blessing. We actually struggle on getting pregnant. So it was great to finally meet my baby. And But the moment that I held her for the first time, gosh, I mean, it was the most beautiful moment of my life. But at the same time, a lot of new fears like came right at me. Sure. And I, I found myself in that same position in which I was like, all right, I am back into this movie. Where I have no idea what's going on. It is a beautiful moment, but I want to make sure that I that I bring my best foot forward. And so th- I, I went back into a lot of parenting classes, self-development to just not allow the fear and the thoughts that I was having and feeling take over the experience that I have always wanted. So I have... Obviously, I always wanted kids, right. and I was so excited to to have them. But then I felt my I felt so overwhelmed and scared, and like, how do sure. I do this? And how do I not mess this up? And so that's exactly what set me into the path of life coaching, because I noticed that I wasn't the only one feeling this way. And as I was taking these classes, 
I would share it with friends that I knew were going through the same thing. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. Right. How, so how long was it then when, from when you, when you first came to America till you started taking these uh, coaching classes online? Well, I started taking a lot of self-development classes, which I have now realized that they're pretty similar. But uh, when I was 15, I moved to America. Then I started college when I was 17th. And so by 18th, I was already obsessed with all the classes because <laughs> I was trying to lose my accent first. And then the actually specific coaching started when I was uh, 25 and I lost my first baby. Wow. 25. Wow. So you had a 10 years of first being in America, figuring things out of how things work, learning a lot about yourself and growing exponentially, both both personally, emotionally, hopefully maturely as well, and putting yourself in a position to We can try only to, hope. <laughs> yeah, we can all hope that we're mature. Uh, so having that sense of, of, of growing up and putting yourself in a place to mm-hmm. be the best version of yourself. And I think one of the first things that I, 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 I took off from what you were saying is trying to change something about yourself, but then realizing and maybe even embracing it in a certain way. And that putting you onto the path of being able to see a version of yourself and build a certain self-confidence that enabled you Mm -hmm. to be who you are right now. And I'm sure that was a very, very big part on you becoming who you are right now. And yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, you also have, you know, going, going to a new school and trying to fit in. And as, as, as a teenager, trying to, to put yourself in a position to be accepted by others and feeling like, well, I can only do that if I speak the language the way they speak the language. And then realizing, you know what? That's not so true. Maybe I could figure out who my own self identity is through this version of English that I speak that is very easy to understand. And I think there are certain words that you say that are probably even better than, than the way I say them as someone that was born here in America. <laughs> so I think it's, it's it goes to show that there's a certain self-development and a, I guess you could say a confidence that you had to see for yourself and like grow into that enabled you to now have a certain sense of identity for yourself. And I, I would go yeah. as far as to say that that probably had a lot to do also with, you know, your, your partner that you made and uh, that you found over here and, and you were able to start a start a family, even though you had, you had certain things that happened that, you know, obviously was a, a setback, but at the same time, there was a certain sense of growth in that as well. So can you talk about mm-hmm. that for a minute regarding how that was something that enabled you to be who you are now and how that helped grow this beautiful plant that you've created for yourself? Well, gosh, thank you. I mean, um, you you said it so nicely. Honestly, I feel like every single challenge that you face, you have a choice of whether you learn to work with it and use it to to fill up who you are. Or many of us, I did for a while, um, take a while. We tend to blame others. Yeah, and, and I think it goes to show that we, we, we all go through life, we all go through so many different things that put us in a place of, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Am I putting myself in a position to be the best version of myself? And sometimes we have these setbacks that are sort of, okay, what's happening right now? And it helps put things into perspective. And why? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. and why is this happening? Like, why, why, why is this happening? And how do I go about still feeling like I'm worthy? With what's happening. For sure. 100%. And then you have on top of that, 
I think that helps create such a healthy foundation in a certain way for what's coming next and what we're talking about today, which is about parenting and how <laughs> and how you, you try to be the best version of yourself, but also realize the best version of myself is not necessarily something that is la-di-da perfect, but it's who I am and everything that I built upon. I was just explaining to someone. Absolutely. I was explaining to someone today in in uh, in, uh, in a session today with someone that sometimes we try to reach up for something we can't reach it. So what do we do? We put a, a book underneath our, our feet to try to reach up higher, and then we realize, oh, that wasn't high enough. So I have to put another book underneath until the point where five, six, seven mm-hmm. books, and I can finally reach the thing that I want to reach. And I think that when we talk about parenting and and developmentally who we who we become is so much to do with our history and and the trials and tribulations that we go through in a certain way so right taking all that yeah no i think that absolutely i think you just i'm sorry i get emotional but it kind of every time that i get asked that question it takes me back to how i felt and i mean i i'm so grateful to not feel that way now but yes it it, it was it took a lot of different books sure. you know a lot of different things that i had to face a lot of things that i had to work on with me and my and my husband who is obviously the best person that I could have um, joined into this this life and journey with but um being open about it was a huge a, a, a big step of of what the struggle was and not moving forward because I was so ashamed of being open so one sure. of the best jumps was to just say it. <laughs> How do you feel that your relationship with your husband changed going through the things that you've gone through? And how do you think that's helped set a certain foundation for you guys as parents? Well, we, yeah, we definitely learned that we are better together. (laughs) We are better when we're on the same page, even though my husband and I couldn't be any more different, you know, honestly. Um, So having the communication of, of saying, this is why this is important to me, or this is how I'm perceiving this, or this is how I uh, I'm feeling about this, and then actually listening to the other perspective without judgment has been transformational for our marriage. Because for a long time we've been married for eleven years, but at first I was like, no, it's my way, and I'm right, and you should just probably listen, you know. <laughs> and imagine putting two people and in the room that say that at the same time. Right, exactly. Because, you know, we all have, we both had really valid points. So it actually took that, the sacrifice <laughs> the, of compromise of like, okay, we're in this together. We are under the same roof and we really want this to work. So how are we going to go about this? And sometimes it is okay to say, you know, I'm, I think I hear what you're saying. I'm not necessarily ready to receive it. I'm not necessarily to agree with you, but at this point, I understand where you're coming from. Thank you for explaining. And for now, we're going to agree to disagree (laughs) until maybe taking a step back, maybe taking a little bit of a break um, and then coming back to the conversation with an open perspective. When you give yourself some time to just realize how sometimes you're receiving a message, because sometimes different things that are said or brought up to your attention are, especially in a marriage, your blind spots and they're hard to they're hard to hear. Mm. And you don't want to see that mirror because you're just like, no. I mean, I am who I am, you know, you try to justify it. You try to like blame the other person or the world or somebody. So yeah, honestly, like that, that hard conversation that sometimes we just don't want to have, it's definitely worth having. And it has made a huge difference in our marriage, but also in our parenting. Like we, now we understand that if we're not on the same page, 
the first ones to pick it up are our kids. That's beautiful. Well said. Well said. And I think I just to go back a second over here for what you were saying, which I think is one of the key points that I, I, I like thinking about often. And hopefully I'm, I'm doing the same in my own in my own life is, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with you, but I hear what you're saying. Let me take a minute to think about it. And I think that minute that you put mm-hmm. in, it's sort of like a wedge in between two people that helps separate so that you could come back together. And when you do that, it creates a, a, a unified front by first separating, putting a pause in the middle, and then coming back together. That creates a certain atmosphere that we that we want to be with the other person even in situations where we don't agree with them, with what they have to say. And, and like you just said, how that comes into play in parenting is so, por- is so important because there are so many times our kids do things where we don't like, we, we, we hate maybe, but let's take a little pause. Let's just take a little <laughs> second to think right before we react to something that they're doing that might not even be wrong. We just don't like it. So I think your point that you were saying. You know, it's. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just think that you you nailed you nailed it. Honestly, it takes six seconds for the brain between a reaction and an actual response. So if you can just take those six sec- seconds to to decide, do I, do I want to react based on my own experiences and this history on, and who I think like? Or in these six seconds, you can actually make the choice of responding in a way that you are actually in control. Because many many times that we are reacting. We are basing it out of who we are, how we grew up, what we know, what we saw, but not necessarily how we want to show up. How is that better version of myself? How would that person handle it? And if you just take those six seconds that it takes your brain from a reaction to a, to a response, you can choose. You can make the choice of like, all right, you know, husband or child, I need I need a minute. I'm... I'm not sure how I want to handle this, but right now I'm feeling triggered. So I'm going to step back and sometimes it's a minute. I'm a woman, so sometimes it takes me a day, but then I can (laughs) come back and say, I think I'm ready to have this conversation. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and, and no conversation. I think when it comes to, you know, whether it's the kids or to, or to, or, or to spouse should, is, is off limits, especially to come back to and, and to, mm-hmm. and to put ourselves in a place of be, of just being vulnerable to have that conversation, I think is so, so important. So I think, you know, these, these life experiences, I think you're, you're, you know, going back to our, our original question uh, are, are so vital for how we, live our lives but to our conversation how we put ourselves in a place to be the best parents that we can because there is no such thing as perfect parenting there's no such thing as saying i did a great job today i i score a hundred but at the same time Mm -hmm. no i can tell you that i yeah no i feel like setting up yourself for that perfection is already so much pressure and I mean you're still human and a lot of who we are as adults is still affected by how we got raised what we saw what we experienced so yeah I think you have to just take a sit moment back like take a moment to realize this you know when you're pregnant you have all these dreams and you even say it like I'm gonna be the mom that it's going to like, my kid is never going to have a rush. And my kid, all the things, right? All, all the things that you see in commercials. Day, that never you're... get dirty. <laughs> right. 
but yeah, the, the soft skin. I'm gonna like feed. I'm gonna make all the meals. I'm never gonna buy like fast food for for them ever, and all the things. And it's so easy to fall into the commercial type life, and then you meet your child, and then you try to add it into what normal you already had, and until you realize that it requires a whole new normal. But yeah, sure. yeah, I think it's. Easy to forget. Has there been anything that you could, you know, remember growing up with your parents that was something that you were able to take from them and apply it in 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 your parenting right now? Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like um, first of all, my parents were on the on the same page. So my mom and my dad couldn't be any more different. But if my mom said no, my dad was for sure going to say no, simply because she, she they had so. to always back each other up. Right. Not necessarily because she said so, but because the, the decision was made. So if I went to my dad first and he said yes, then my mom had to be like, all right, your dad said yes. Right. So being on the same page was huge. And I sighed and I, I love the fact that I could look at them as, well, it's not worth trying to sneak into the other person for a different answer, even though I tried. Uh, the other thing is that my mom was consistent. So if she was, if she was to say, dinner's at seven and I need you to sit down and stuff, she would make sure that it is seven and I need you to sit down, you know? So I have been thinking a lot about that right now because as we work on bedtime, sometimes it's a lot easier to just say, all right, fine, jump in bed and we'll try the, the training tomorrow. But I tried to remember that that consistency that I saw growing up from my mom actually made me feel safe because I know that when she she would say, yeah, go for it, then I knew that it was a decision that she had thought about. And so I felt more confident into going for it. For sure. I think I, I, oh, sorry, the two things that I, I love you when the way, the way the way you're saying that. And I think that consistency in, in, in parenting and the way we want things to be done in our home is so important. Uh, just to add a little bit to that, and the way I like I like telling it over to parents is, it's important to be a tree, but you don't want to be a pine tree, because a pine tree doesn't move. And when a wind comes, mm -hmm. there are certain trees. Let's say a palm tree, right? Uh, you know, people people that live in warmer weathers can sort of see it a little more than I can over here in the Northeast. But palm trees <laughs> shake a lot. And but they're still rooted mm -hmm. in the ground, very very strong. And as a parent, it's important to be mm -hmm. a palm tree, as opposed to a pine tree. If too strong of a wind comes, it snaps, and there is no getting it back together, in a certain way. And I think when it comes to how how we're supposed to be treating and helping our kids be the best versions of themselves, we have to be in a certain place ourselves regarding our structure. And then the, where, the way we're mm -hmm. going to be giving things over to them is going to be important as well to make sure that they're in a place to be able to be structured in the way we parent them. But at the same time, with a little bit of, of wiggle room. So if it's 8.01 and at 8 o'clock that they're brushing their teeth, and it's 8.11 instead of 8.10 that they're getting into bed, or even 8.20, 8.25 sometimes, it's okay to create that little bit of, of, of wiggle room. But that doesn't take away from that consistency that you're talking about. Because that consistency is key. Absolutely. Very, very important. No, I... Yeah, you said it beautifully. And actually, I, I have seen that a lot in my work as, as a life coach that works with parents, that it is very hard to acknowledge the fact that a lot of that resistance that we put into that wiggle room that you're describing between the palm and the pine tree comes out of the fact that we don't want to lose control or that we think that we, we need to be like... We have, we have to be the strong person and we have to discipline and we have, like, we have to, you know what I really think that we have to, we have to show up and we have to say, 
I love you and we're going to figure this out. But honestly, other than that, I feel like you need to just adapt because also every single kid, there is not a reflection of you. It's not your mini you. It's a whole different, unique human so, being that if you like remember to respect that uniqueness, you're going to go about parenting a lot is better than saying, God, you know, you got that from your dad. And really, like, you should probably ch change that. And, you know, like, the moment that you start judging that and wow. saying, like, you you should, you should, you should, and you should. Like, honestly, we are all very unique, very, very unique. And I don't understand why many parents think that or kids are deception to it. Uh, so I feel like there's a lot of judgment sometimes when it comes to parenting and that control that you're like, well, no, I don't want you to turn out like, I don't want you to like, mm. maybe the only thing that I, I really think that you should be super, super consistent and never bent on is showing up for your kid and reminding them that you love them. Awesome. I would, I would, and I would just say regarding that, that the judging that you're talking about, I think where a lot of it comes from, and this is going to get into our next question regarding self-care in a minute over here, but I think a lot of it comes from a judgment that we have on ourselves. And we feel like, you know what, there's something wrong with me if I'm not parenting this way. I'm doing something wrong if my child is not in bed at exactly when they're supposed to be in bed. So there's something wrong with me. And if we're going to be judging ourselves, <laughs> of course, we're going to be judging our kids. Of course, it's going to happen that way. Of course. But you you know what? A lot of people don't realize that when you're judging, your, first of all, a lot of people, a lot of parents don't realize that they're actually judging themselves and therefore they're judging their kids. They just think that they're failing. They're failing at something. Yeah. And I was like, what are you failing at? Like, I remember I work uh, with a mom and she's like, oh my God. I remember the day that I had to drop off my kid to school on sandals and everybody wore socks and shoes. And I just like... I couldn't get over it and it ruined my, my day. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what is the problem? And exactly, just like everybody had socks and shoes. And I was the only parent that didn't do that. I was like, well, was your, well, was your kid happy? Yeah, she was so excited to wear sandals. And and I was just like, okay, so what, why was it? Like, what's You're the, like confused. <laughs> is it a uniform? Yeah. And they're like, no, but all the parents saw my kid walk into the classroom with sandals. And I was like, okay. And I was just like, so I still, I still don't get it. Tell, tell me more. <laughs> well said. And it's so funny because once you realize that there's really not more to say, like then you start to maybe slowly acknowledge that I was like, oh, I just didn't want to be seen as a one parent. But was your kid happy? Yeah. yeah. All right, then was your kid safe? Yeah. Well, did your kid feel hurt that she wanted to wear sandals and not the, the, the shoes and the socks? Yeah. Well, then I would say that you're, you're do a good job. showing up for <laughs> yeah, your kid. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, safe, seen, loved, checked. Like, exactly. Perfect. It's, there's, there's, I think that's exactly what parenting is all about, and knowing how to go ahead and and deal with each child individually for what for what they need is thing is so so important. And we'll get back to that. But going back to what we were just saying before regarding a parent judging themselves, I think a lot of that could come from mm -hmm. a stress that we have on ourselves regarding certain expectations. So, can you talk for a minute about the concept of parents making sure that they 
have self-care and they do things for themselves in order for them to be better parents. How maybe some tricks or some things that you maybe might talk to your clients about that can be of benefit to parents to help them make sure they take care of the, they take care of themselves so that they can help others more. Oh my gosh, absolutely because this is exactly where I really feel like it's the the change maker of, of a lot of parents. A lot of parents are pouring out of an empty cup. And you you can pour out of an empty cup. You just like can't. That. Like I know that it feels like you should because because you now you're a mom and that type but the the title of being a parent, a mom or a dad doesn't give you unlimited feeling. It just doesn't it doesn't work that way. You're still very much your own person. And before you had kids, you had these these ways of taking care of yourself and none of them go away because you just added another human into the world. They actually become even more important because then you have to give more. Before you have kids, you are an owner of your own calendar, an owner of your own time. And if you're compromising, it's with a, another adult, which is a lot of, yeah. it's a lot easier to compromise with an adult. Sometimes. Most of the time. Right? <laughs> so most of the time, <laughs> there's always exceptions. Uh, but when, but we often forget that we are like, okay, well now I'm a mom. Like now I really have to be here. Now I really have to sh- like, and yes, you do, but you have to do it after you fill up your own cup. Because otherwise, you're not showing up as your best self. You're running ragged. You're just exhausted. You're not even thinking straight. And you're just reacting because you're incapable of taking those six seconds that it takes to respond in the best way that you could. So you're reacting. You're not parenting. Exactly. And not many, many of us are going to regret those reactions uh, or we're going to immediately realize that we could have handled it better or gosh, I just need more coffee. Like that, those instant responses is your, is your body telling you, is your, is your mind begging you to come back to yourself? So the moment that you just take that time and realize, you know what? And every parent is different. I work on time management because all agendas are different. And some people are morning people. And like, I'm not going to come here and tell you, oh, my God, you should just own your morning and wake up at five. Like, it doesn't work for everybody. But what I do think that you need is to stay true to yourself. If you have a hobby, respect your hobby. If you have a way to decompress, it becomes even more important once you become a mom because there's a lot more triggers, a lot more triggers into your life. If you journal, journal. But always stay true to what your body already needed prior to having kids. Beautiful. That's the fastest tip that I can give you. And now, like, obviously, if you can make time for yourself Mm -hmm. alone as a still adult and if you have a partner with them, it's going to help you stay on the same team. And I know, I know it comes with a guilt trip. I know that you feel bad for taking that dinner out. I know that you're like, oh my God, but I should be with my kid. What you really need to do is show up for your kid and say, mommy needs a minute. Yeah, beautiful. It's okay to say 100%. that. And the kids I, get it. If anything, definitely they get say it. Way, sometimes they need a few minutes just to do their own thing or run around when they come out of the car or when they get off the bus. You know, they... We, we, we are we need we need the same thing we also need to recharge in a certain way we're, we're called humans for a reason mm-hmm. and you know just because we're mm-hmm. you know this in a position to be more responsible for someone else doesn't mean that we ha- can't be responsible for ourselves and it's it's very important that it we it actually do that. honestly I would like argue and say that the moment that you're asking for space for yourself you're encouraging your kid to do the same mm-hmm. thing 
So like you are empowering them to say that when I sure. need space, mommy, I need space. And that's okay. Beautiful. You, you deserve space. You, dad deserves space. Mommy deserves space. The kids deserve space. And sometimes if you're a puppy, because we, you know, we, we don't leave him alone. So Ev, honestly, if, if you're showing up and you become a role model to yourself, your kids are also watching yeah. and they will pick up on that. They will pick up on saying like, I need space and I really enjoy doing this and filling up my cup. Like I use the language. I tell, I tell my girls, oh, mommy's going to go for a hike because I'm going to fill up my cup with the sun, with the air, with the outdoors. And then I'm going to come back and have the best time ever. But first, mommy needs to fill up her awesome. cup. Awesome. So important. I love that. <laughs> so it's, I love that. I think it's, it goes so far. Now, where did you, is that something that you saw growing up regarding, you know, the way you grew up with your parents or, you know, coming, coming to a new country and seeing the way things are and just things being so fast paced and just being so on top of each other and certain expectations and constant movement, movement, movement. Is that something that you were able to pick up from other people or did you emulate that from someone else? Or is that something that you were able to pick up from yourself? I actually, um, my mom did take care of herself. She would work out at home. And I remember she would just use cans and say, okay, mommy's working out. And uh, sometimes we would like dance around her and try to, but she would just be on the moment. Uh, but however, I I wish I could say that it was like, yeah, I, I read about it. So I got it. No, absolutely not. I had my kids and I tried to be the person that was just pouring and pouring and pouring. And I... I struggled and I was not a happy person and I was I was intolerant and I was angry and I was impatient and I would I was and then I was just like this is not who I am and this is most definitely not who I want to be and, and this the way is you not parent. how I want to be remembered by my kids right this is not how I want to be remembered yeah, for sure because I remember how I felt with by my parents when they did something that I liked and when I did, when they were reacting I remember and I don't want to be remembered that way. So that's when I was just like, all right, something has to change. And um, yeah, in one of the parenting classes, a lot of them actually start with saying, unpack your own back, start with yourself. And I was like, oh. Yeah. So that's when I was just like, all right, well. And then it became a non-negotiable because we know and we realize by just giving it a week. How essential it is, yeah. Give it a, a, a right, yeah. Give it one week straight. Of where you're taking care of yourself and if you don't see the difference on how you show up if you don't even get one compliment from the people that are stuck living with you then you can try something different but it's so fast the results uh, are so fast that you have no reason to ever go back so just uh you know to talk a little bit more about this these boundaries when it comes to well the structure that we're talking about before but also taking care of yourself obviously doing let's say whether it's scholastic responsibilities or home responsibilities and chores and how that's essential for children making sure that you know, they're going up in a certain type of environment are any any tips or anything that you would suggest you know people you know pay more attention to when it comes to setting boundaries at home and making sure that they are flexible enough to do what's right, but also keeping it in a way where it doesn't have to be, uh, I guess you could say, uh, dealt with with an iron fist, so to speak. Um, I have a lot of opinions about this <laughs> because I, I feel like open communication 
and explaining, depending on your kid, for right? Sure. I have one that loves for me to like get into the story and the reason behind it and the why and the conclusion and the whole the whole project management into the thing. And it works for her. The moment that she understands that the only way to sleep in a beautiful bed that you're going to enjoy sleeping and really going to rest and feel cozy is by not leaving all your toys inside, then great. Like, that worked for her. The other one is just more like, I don't even want to hear it. Just tell me what I need to do. So I I do. So (laughs) I kind of adapt and adjust. But honestly, open communication and realizing and staying curious. Staying curious as of... Am I doing it out of ego or am I doing it because it's really like the best choice? Mm. Am I setting a boundary because I think that they should be in bed by eight? Or am I setting a boundary because I really kind of need the space? And the moment that you decide between those two, then you can communicate that. Like we need, you need, you actually do need night hours yeah. of sleep because you're growing and you're developing and your brain needs to grow. Or this is the bedtime that is set in this house and you don't have to go to sleep. But you have to have quiet time in your room because this is how this household is going to be. Like depending on your child, but definitely stay curious and ask yourself, is this an expectation that somebody told me that I should follow and all kids should go to bed at eight? Or is this a boundary that we actually need because then I need to decompress and be able to run the dishwasher and load it all by myself? Correct. And I think it depends when it, when you're going about rules in general and, and doing responsibilities at home. Am I doing it because, well, I don't like taking out the garbage. So I want to make my kids take out the garbage or am I giving them the job of taking out the garbage because it could teach them a sense of doing something and being a part of the family unit and doing things in a certain way. Are they going to bed at eight o'clock and am I, and, am I going to make sure that they go to bed at eight o'clock because I need them to go to bed at eight o'clock or are they going to bed at eight o'clock because they need to get a certain amount of sleep in a sense. So I think you're hundred percent correct on that. The moment that you start realizing it, like which decisions you're making out of ego and which decisions you're making for the benefit, you won't have a problem explaining that to your kid. Yeah. You won't have the problem saying, you know, th- this this house you live here, and we 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 all help help out, exactly. and we, so therefore we all split chores. This one's yours, this one's mommy's, and then you don't have a problem a problem explaining it. But if it's out of ego, mm. then you're gonna be like, I'm the parent, and I said so. Exactly. Which right. I think there is a place for that when it comes to safety and when it comes mm-hmm. to. You know, being making sure our kids are, are are leading a certain type of lifestyle that that we want them to lead that makes sense for them. And I think saying that there is mm-hmm. a place for it, but if that's going to be said too often, you can't pull that out of your sleep too often because then it's going to go on deaf ears and it loses its concept as well. About what it is? Uh, yeah, exactly. Of course, you will sometimes have to like you have to hold my hand when crossing the street because I said so. It's safe or whatever. But even then, like you can explain it really quickly. Yeah. Like you have to go to school because I need you to learn. Like I'm, I'm not gonna homeschool you. Right. I'm not gonna teach you. You're not gonna learn how to read. And then what are you gonna do with your life? Like how are you gonna know what you're gonna be into it? How do you know if you're gonna be good or bad or math if you don't try it? Like all like I even then. I said so, but I'm saying it because it's important and like it's going to help you. So I personally don't have a problem explaining myself because I feel like you get less resistance. Yeah. Even if it's because they are, they just want you to be quiet, you get less resistance. <laughs> oh, sure. How about for uh, electronics, which, you know, living in a world where our kids have email addresses a lot earlier than our parents did or than we did probably, um, having electronics is something that is part of our everyday life for hours upon hours a day. Any specific tricks or th- suggestions that you have for how the parent should be dealing with the boundaries when it comes to electronics in the home? 
Yeah, I definitely think that that's definitely a boundary in which you can almost use the card of saying because I said so. Uh, and honestly, the research shows that the unlimited screen time really does add, uh, I don't want to say it affects the brain in a negative way, but it does affect the attention span of a child a lot in which you can really tell the difference on how they are holding a conversation. So I... I'm not against screen time. I'm actually a, a pro measured screen time uh, with an understanding that there's a lot of scary things in, in the internet. There's a lot of scary things out there and there's necessarily not a lot of benefit of a, of having the screen time all the time. So I know it's a huge backup plan, like plan B or like a, I just, I, I get it. I've been exhausted and tired and I have been the parents in like, here's the right. phone, just play with it for a minute um do the the babysitting while i you know take care of dinner right 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 no honestly i feel like there's a lot many like you just have to get creative a lot of our parents did because they had to because the phones they they were not an option so if you have to decide how important this is to you how how do you feel about it how what is it that you support and what is it that you believe and based on on that then you're going to parent accordingly but you you have to do your own research you you can be sold on anybody else's expectations you can't be sold on like oh it actually teaches them how to read you do your own research and then decide accordingly but i can assure you that many 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 of us like you just said survive without it and we could move forward so if you want to use creative there's a lot of pinterest instagram accounts that can show you activities on how to still get the same quiet time without giving the screen awesome i 100 agree i think it's it's something that if we embrace it it could be used for its benefit and uh if it's up to us mm-hmm. to decide how we're going to go ahead and do that but to also remember that mm-hmm. our kids look at us all the time and what we're doing they see and they want to copy so if we're mm-hmm. going to be on our devices a certain amount of time or in certain places or over the weekend and, you know, checking emails, whatever it, it may be, our kids are going to notice that. And they take that into consideration regarding who they are as people as well and what they're going to emulate and what they're going to do um, as they as they grow older. Oh, okay. So I think I might have misunderstood your question. I was thinking that you were asking me about the screen time on them. Oh, yeah. Well, but as of the parents using on the, the phone and being addicted, oh, I think that, yeah, it's becoming a new normal and not necessarily one that we should be super proud of. I feel like the effects are worse. Like, I personally almost think that if you're ignoring or dismissing your child because you're so busy in front of your phone, you're not acknowledging how much time you're actually creating. I'll go back to the exact same thing that I said when I began this conversation. I feel like any child needs to feel loved, seen, and safe. And when we're seen watching our screen, they're not feeling seen. So I feel, just to clarify my stand on it, (laughs) I, I... I think a technology is great, is very helpful, but it has been really hurtful on the family dynamics. And so you have to be super aware um, of how you're using it to your advantage and how it might be using you. So as long as you're aware. Oh, for sure. I think that awareness is, is, is so important. And also I want to go back to something else you were saying before regarding, you know, different kids need, you know, you were explaining with your with your daughters how one needs more of an explanation when just tell her what to do. And hopefully she'll listen every time you say something. Uh, you know, uh, I think there's 
it could be hard sometimes. And I personally, as a parent, I, I think I find this the hardest of making, making sure there's a proper balance of giving each kid what they need when each kid is so different from each other. Uh, I'm curious from your point of view and the work that you that you do, what's your experience with parents and, and how do you how do you talk to them about making sure that you give each kid what they need without the other one feeling like, hey, I'm getting gypped here because they're getting a little more of that or a little less of this and I have to do more. My, my chore is a lot harder than theirs or they get more screen time or they get to stay up later, whatever it is that we have. I think it's one of the hardest things. What, what, what are the, some things that you talk about with parents regarding that issue? I encourage to go back to the uniqueness that we each have. And this is something that I, I really think that we should speak of a lot more often with ourselves, with our families, with our friends, especially with our kids, because many of us, like, like I even ex- started my story, get so stuck in trying to fit in and had, and, and trying to like be treated a certain way. But in, in reality, if you are growing up in a house in which you are respected and honored and embraced for your uniqueness, then you can really show up in the world a lot more confident. So what I normally recommend the parents that I work with is taking the time to explain that to the kids. Like, um, let the ego aside and realize that you're not raising a mini you. Let the ego aside and realize that, that that the competition between siblings always is present. But also let them know, like I am doing the best that I can in the way that you that that, that I I think you need. You know, yeah. kids couldn't be more different, and the personality. Honestly, I think you if you listen and watch what works for both of them, and they're both feeling seen for their needs, that that competition doesn't come to, to play as often. That comparison of like, well, she didn't, no, didn't. Then you can also say, oh, but you did you play soccer? Because your sister didn't play soccer, but you enjoy soccer. So did you get to play soccer? You know, like there's because the if you're seeing and watching what there, each. Right. The tiny little ones, but if you're listening and watching what your kid embraces, you can bring that up in that same comparison, in that same, I was like, well, you you enjoy this and your sister doesn't. So we encourage you and empower you to do it. And so right now we're encouraging and empowering your sister into trying what she enjoys. So we're trying to parent you both the way that we both see fit. Yeah. And I feel like if both feel seen. And listened, then they will start to realize I'm I'm getting seen in my uniqueness. Yeah, but I, I think that's great, and that's exactly what we what we want as parents for each kid to grow up and feel that uniqueness for themselves. And I think it's sometimes you know mm-hmm. we we wonder is it going to happen properly? Are we are we doing a good job? And I think over time you get to see certain things, and when you see them get along, it makes it all worth it, and they're listening and they're doing what they're supposed to. And it could get hard at other times when they're not listening or they're not doing the things that we want them to do, but they have no interest in doing. Um, you know, just to touch up on one more mm-hmm. thing regarding uh, on this topic as well. Any anything specific that you talk about with parents regarding uh, more effective and efficient homework? time at home and making sure that uh, kids are getting the work done that the school needs them to get done, even though sometimes it can be really difficult, both for mommy and daddy and for the children as well. <laughs> Gosh, that homework is a lot hard. Oh. I, I, I feel like the test is real. Oh, yeah. I feel um, like I'm, you know, that you know that I TV jump- show. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I should be taking notes when I'm watching <laughs> it just to make sure that, oh, you know, when my kids in fifth grade, I, I get the right answers. I honestly feel like, yeah, uh, the, the 
the test is real, but I I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but I feel like just being open the commu- open communication of like I know this is hard. Gosh, I'm even struggling with this, but together we're gonna get through it because this is important and you might never use it in your life. But the fact that you're getting it done, the fact that you're doing something hard is teaching you resilience and it's gonna make you a better human being. Because then this this struggle of sitting through the five grade math with circles and madness oh. that I don't follow will will come back into your life in, and and you when you see an Excel or a chart or a visio in, in project man in whatever job you decide to have, you're gonna you're gonna face those moments in which you're just like, why am I sitting here? And what is this? And I don't want to. But the but the willingness of doing it, the responsibility of getting it done is gonna show you a lot more than the actual horrible homework <laughs> that a lot of us get stuck oh, yeah. with so you, i like i i, I i'm just an, like an open book about it and if i'm struggle i don't know if you have gotten this by now but my face doesn't doesn't hide, hide a lot of my emotions so if <laughs> yeah, you worry much as you sleep <laughs> I'm struggling. i think sometimes I, as a parent it's such a good thing to have for kids to see and express themselves and when we act a certain way they get to see what that reaction is on someone else someone that they want to emulate and be like especially if we have a good relationship with them so there's a certain sense of you know when you act a certain way like you know what, honey, I have no idea what the heck this is talking about. And, uh, you know, let's try to figure it out. Let's, you know, call someone. Let's go to Google. Let's try to do something. And you know what? If we don't do it, we don't do it. We tried. We did the best we could. And and that's enough sometimes as well. Oh, yeah. Or, and saying, like, I'll say, you know what? This is hard. So we're going to give it our best. And if we if we don't do a great job, then we know that we have to, you know, ask for help, call a friend, you know, that game of like, I'm going to, I'm going to use the call or maybe even tell the teacher, I was like, can you walk me through it? Because I don't even know how to assist my child into this madness of like the whole tutoring becomes a whole, like they should have parent and child sometimes. There should be a crash course on parenting homework, you know, given just uh, (laughs) so that we, we know what to do in these situations for stuff that we haven't used since that grade also. So, you know, it could be hard. You know, it's not just the homework. It's also the grades. Like I grew up in a very strict home in which like, if you didn't get a B, you were not doing your best. I, I feel like sometimes my best was a D. In like in certain in college, I discovered that coding was not my thing, and I I I kid you not, I tried and I I, I left my heart on the books, but I still got a D, and I celebrated that D like nobody else because I passed and because it, it was, was so best. hard. So some yeah, because it was my best, and thankfully I was smart enough to realize okay, so maybe this is not necessarily for me, and I can try something different. But uh, it's celebrating the fact that we're trying, the exactly. fact that we we don't have to be good at everything. And thank God, because that will be exhausting and, o- hmm. and overwhelming. Like, why would you want to be good at it's, everything? It's not, it's not possible. So you know, it's, it's you know, why even put yourself. And in that can position? you imagine how exhausted you would? Oh, yeah. You would be exhausted. Hundred <laughs> that's, percent. That's, that's a very good point. Now switching gears here a little bit, but keeping it within subject over here, regarding out, uh, outside influences. And when we have things or people, whether it's through the internet and social media and what they're watching or being around others in school, sometimes things that are heard or picked up by our children are not necessarily things that we agree with, we like, not necessarily regarding politics, but it could be just regarding 
dress or words that, that a child might use um, or, you know, but even TV shows that we, we might not want a child to watch. So how would you suggest a parent put themselves in a position to be respectful towards others, but also know how to set those boundaries when it comes to their home and how they lead stuff in their home? That's such a good question because it's a tough yeah. position to be at sometimes, and it can and it leads to a very uncomfortable conversation. But I, I conversations, especially the tough ones, are that like those are really are where you're really parenting. So the words. I'll start with the words because that one's a good one. They learn they learn them so fast. Yeah. I, I feel like so <laughs> so sometimes I'm 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 educated by kids, you know, you know, uh, on new things that they, they might be <laughs> the, the new lingo. <laughs> Mom, that word is like ten years right, old. Exactly. I I get it. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I feel like you have to just have the open conversation of like that. That is a cool word, but let me tell you how it makes me feel. Like I in. I grew up in a house in which you would never, Sorry. ever curse around your parents, ever, ever. And I, I, I can tell you why I like that. I, I feel like I was showing up as the, as not the person that I was expected, but I, as a version of, of, of myself that was willing to show up. You know, I'm not saying if you're gonna curse, you can, you can curse, but there's a time and a place for everything, and you want to just make sure that when you're using and showing up with the words that you are using. You're aware of what you're making others feel. Because many times we're just trying to fit in. But in reality, what you really, really want to concentrate on is how are you making others and yourself feel? Are you just feeling like cool? Are you just trying to like, are you just trying to get by? Like you want to, you want to make sure that when, that you are proud of who you are at all times. And I am proud to say that I don't, I don't like those words because when they're used against, when they're used towards me, I don't feel necessarily respected. And I also tend to tone out a little bit of the message. The moment that I receive one of those words, I'm not necessarily longer paying a lot of my attention to that person. So I'm okay saying that. And sometimes I have said that to other parents. I, I respect the way that you guys communicate. However... I don't necessarily like, I don't encourage it in my house because we, we feel this way. And so it's just an understanding on different perspectives. I did have a mom that said, I really never thought of it that way. And another one is like, well, you do you. And both are perfectly okay responses. But as long as I am being true to myself and showing up the way that I want to. And if I'm saying that communication is important to me, I am going to say, Am I handling this yeah. the way that a communicative person would? I like that. And that Did I answer yeah, your question? I, I know, I, I, <laughs> I'm not even sure because I got triggered. I think it's, you know, it, growing up in a similar type home where, you know, I remember I remember one time, you know, telling my sister to shut up. And I don't know, I just remember getting punished. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was like the end of the world. And that wasn't even a bad word. So, you know, putting... But thinking about it and, and wanting to instill that in my home as well, I think that's it's something that, you know, I, I try hard to make sure that I'm doing it I'm doing it correctly. What I've also found is, uh, especially with like, you know, my younger ones, is that sometimes they say words more to get attention than they are to say the word. And what I've had to learn to do, and, and, and using what you were talking about before regarding that pause we were talking about, is to bite my tongue. 
and say, you know, I'm not going to say anything because they, they want to get that attention. But if they see that it's not going to get the attention based on whatever the dialogue is in that, in, in that whatever is, whatever's happening, then eventually, it may not be the first, second, or maybe even the tenth time, but eventually they'll get the point like, you know what, that's, that word is, is not, it's not going to route up my, my father. So I'm not going to say it in front of him anymore because, you know, I want to get it. I want to try to poke him to, you know, get him to have a reaction and I'm not going to do anything. It takes a, it takes a lot of self-restraint as a parent because where they're, oh, for sure. what they're doing is wrong, but at the same time, just to, to <laughs> let it go. And so it sort of like di- di- dissipates and make sure that it doesn't come out of you because that's what they want. And I think it's it be hard. Oh yeah, for sure. And kids are really like our fastest and the best triggers that we're gonna get. So <sighs> like as soon as you become like a parent in your home. So if you learn that the difference between reacting and responding, you're gonna be a lot more aware of of how you're handling a situation. So mm. sometimes you do know that sometimes the best response to not get it again is to not respond at all. You know, exactly. so, but it's all, it's a difference. It's a difference of awareness and the difference of the fact that you do know how your kids learn best. Exactly. Would a conversation work? Like what, what were you trying to get to with that exactly. word? Help me understand. Are you, are, do, are you trying to argue with me? Like, or would you like me to, to react? Like, uh, if you, if you're one of those people that just have to say something, say, Ask for clarification. Right. I'm sorry. Are you trying to get a reaction out of me? Do, do you want to sit down and talk about this? Do you want a long ass conversation? Like then that's when that's when you can decide. I'm reacting, but at least I'm buying myself the six seconds that I need to where I'm sure. just like, I I don't appreciate that word. And you might see the words out of me yeah. come out if you continue using it around me. For like sure. for sure. Honestly, sometimes being human because that thing that you're talking about takes years oh, to develop yeah. and it takes a lot of yep. practice and a lot of awareness. And a lot of us are in the starting stages to where sometimes asking for clarification buys you enough time to those six seconds in which you're just like, do I want to start screaming or do I just ask for clarification? And sometimes, I don't know, it's worth asking, what would the best version of myself do in this case? Yeah, that's a very good point. But I, I think it's something that would, as parents, we're always constantly you know, learning and growing and changing. Um, and, and, you know, I remember hearing it from my, from my grandfather, um, who had, had children in their, in their fifties and sixties and saying, Oh, he's like, Oh, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to do certain things. And I, you know, as, as, as a young, as a young adult, you're like, what does that mean? Uh, and then, and then you have a kids, you know, and a teenager, you're like, Oh, yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so, you know, I think that could go a very long way. I, yeah. I feel like I, um, this is something that I encourage for everybody that I work with is to realize that you're a work in progress and you forever are going to be a work in progress. And as soon as you, it's kind of like COVID. <laughs> um, it comes out of like things come out of nowhere and they just require adjustment, right? So kids develop and they grow and out of nowhere, they're going to require adjustment. And if you realize that you're a work in progress, you're going to sure. be a lot quicker to adapt. 100%. And, th- and that ties back in beautifully to what we were saying before, like regarding the, you know, if, if we would be reacting to the, to the situation or, and what was the other one is reacting or responding. Responding. I, I love the way you put that. And I think that has a lot to do with us regarding our ego 
And where is our ego in what it is that we're doing? Because you said that to me, like, you can't do that. Is it, or is it, no, you said a word you shouldn't be saying. So that's something, let's talk about that. Because if you take things personal, you're in for a long ride regarding how you're going to go about things. Oh, gosh, I know. I mean, have you guys not heard about the, like, honestly, the four agreements? I think it's a book, a super easy read, or just Google it. And it's four things that are going to change your life, but this is especially in parenting. Is to speak clearly, use your words. Be impeccable with the words is actually the number one. Then always do your best. I think that's the fourth one. But the other two are... Don't take anything personal and don't make any assumptions. Mm. I know they sound so easy, right? And it's almost annoying how easy they sound. But if you if you really work on those four agreements, not only your parenting will change, but a lot of your relationships will at work, at friends, anybody. You're just, like I said, that's why I often go back to, Ask for clarification because a lot of our reactions come from assumptions. We already told ourselves a story, a whole novella. Oh, yeah. we, like, I'm already offended, right? Exactly. <laughs> but if I am, because I'm assuming, because I'm basing it out of like a movie that I watched. And so I'm ready. I'm ready to fight you. However, if I ask you for clarification, sometimes you're just like, oh, that's what you meant. All right. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Well said over here. Okay. So, you know, wrapping it up over here. And we, we, we went in some ways all over the place, but we obviously stayed on top regarding our kids <laughs> and, you know, talking about how, how we, how we've grown into who we are. And we're also better people as parents through our experiences as parents, but also through who we are as we're growing up and our, our, our own experiences. I think the two biggest things and that, um, that I picked up from our conversation today, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is the differences between, you know, having a situation that we're dealing with for us or for the situation as parents and making sure that our, and second part of it, well, really second part of this is, is that our ego aspect of it and making sure that we're parenting to be a parent and not parenting for us in a certain way. And I think the other thing that I, I think was just the, the, the important repetitive part of what of our conversation today is, is, is loving our kids and loving our kids sometimes not only could, but will come with situations that we don't agree with them, but it, that doesn't change the fact of our love. So th- for me, those were the two biggest things that I, you know, that I was able to take out of our conversation today, but, you know, leaving it to you right now as, um, as we wrap things up over here, what's, you know, putting it in like a sentence or two, what are some, what are some of the things that you were able to learn from our conversation today? Oh, honestly, I, I'm honored to have shared space. It was a great conversation. But yes, I do think that it goes back to making sure that you, that you can show up as the best version of yourself to your kids. And that often means leaving your ego aside. Um, I, that's, if you said one sentence, I will do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining with, uh, uh, with us today, Telma. Um, is there any place that where people can find you? I do have a website. It's stillmasanchez.com. That's for everything life coaching. But if you want to see who I am as a parent and what I do for my own cop to be full, I, my Instagram is where you can see the whole, the whole me. And it's the Telma SMV. SMV. Awesome. Okay. And the, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and the email and the uh, website again is T-E-L-M-A-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z.com. Yeah. T-E-L-M-A. Sanchez, S-A-N-C-H-E-C dot com, yeah.